Welcome to another edition of Your Impact Attack. That's right, it's Your Impact Attack where we cover all of the great happenings of Impact Wrestling. Well, we'll get to that in, uh, I don't know, about five days or so. Until then, um, we're going to be talking about some NXT here and do the heavy lifting for the Next Level Wrestling Review. Happy uh, anniversary, Ray Jane! Yeah. Uh, yes, exactly. Who just said that? I don't know. We'll, 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 we'll get to that in one second here. Uh, so yes, who, who are we and what are we doing here? Well, you may know me as the vet, Jamie Williams, and, uh, you may know my tag team partner on Monday nights as Brandon, but, uh, we are also joined by another former tag team partner to make this a trio's. You know, you may know him from the PWC Network. You may also know him from HMG's own Smack Attack. Uh, we are welcoming the great, uh, your favorite podcaster, me, his favorite podcaster, Chris Ams. Chris, thank you for being with am, us am today. Do, am, I doing the, the, am I doing that right? There we go. Yeah, you got, yeah. It. you got it. It's weird. It's weird trying to get the right angle, right? Where's where's yeah, okay. I'm here though. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh guys, I'm I'm really happy to be here obviously. Um you know, it's a it's a it's it's a big deal for me, you know. It, it says Impact Attack, but it's actually the next level uh podcast today. Oh, shit. I, um I thought I changed it. Let me fix that. And um no, it's all good. It's all good. It's just uh, it's it's fun for me, you know, cuz like this is something that I used to listen to, you know, for for a very long time I listened to this podcast and now I get to be on it. And it just goes to show you that if you're incredibly immensely talented at something and also if you know the right people and also if you kiss enough ass, you can eventually be on a podcast that you like. So, you know, thanks for having me on. I'm really excited to be talking wrestling with you guys. And all it took was for somebody to just not want to do the show because they had a wedding anniversary. That's all it took. That was really the fourth thing on the list that you should have mentioned. But but thank you for thank you for being a fan and thank you for wanting to be on the show and thank you for being on the show. And Brandon, thank you too for uh, stepping in and stepping up and uh, you know helping us uh, get this out there to the people because we know that they were jonesing for it. They're just sitting there, you know, like. Next level, next level, you know. Y'all got uh, more than next level. Yeah, yeah, we, <laughs> yeah, we got, we got it. We got to give the people what they want, like the best friends. So, um, we won't be hugging each other, but uh, we will be, you know, hanging out for a little while, talking about wrestling and seeing what's up with uh, the uh, the current state of, um, uh, I guess you could call it developmental these days. I don't know what they're developing um we'll get to that in a second uh you know what else we like to do here on the next level wrestling review is we like to uh acknowledge the chat but i think because we're on such an odd time this won't take nearly as long as it does uh when we normally do it um but uh yeah brandon who's uh, who's with us so far let's see who we got tonight we got Media M5, we got our usual, we got Elizabeth, we got Buckshot Kid, we got everybody in the house tonight. We got Scott Woodford, of course more will be coming up later. How y'all doing? Whoop whoop. Right, I'm sure as uh, people's notification bells are ringing, they are rushing to a safe place in which they can uh, view this not safe for work content. Uh, some of them are probably home relaxing and uh, they have to... Uh, you know, finish shoveling dinner into their mouth real quick and get away from the table and the rest of their family so they can go off in a corner and watch the next level wrestling review. Um, but uh, yeah, throw it on the throw it on the thing where you're all eating dinner. Show it, show the whole family. 
I I I would uh, advise that, but I don't know if everybody feels the same as I do. So, um, but yeah, there you go. Uh, so let's see, guys. Now, normally this would be also the part of the show where uh, we do the one, the two, the three count. Um, unfortunately, uh, it looks like everything um, in uh, wrestling is stupid now, and nobody cares. So I don't really think we have anything major to talk about. So I will open up the floor uh, for anything that anybody else wants to talk about. Like, um, for example, Chris, you said, uh, you know, now, Chris, you primarily, besides your your um, your SmackDown diversions, you primarily take care of the AEW portion of, uh, of the wrestling world. So you're getting to cover everything that's going on. There's a lot of big things happening over there, I would say, that people are trying to make sound like small things. But... Um, you know that's just the haters. What are you gonna do? Uh, but uh, what what is interesting you in uh, development wise uh, as far as that company goes? Because we got it's the seventeenth is upon us, and you know that means uh, AEW Collision is gonna be debuting along with a certain someone. So, like uh, you know, I guess just open ended question. What do you what do you think about everything that's going on over there right now? Uh, well, I mean, I'm personally really excited about uh, about what could happen on Saturdays. Um, I, I know that um, I know that there's there's been talk about the the brand split, quote unquote, being kind of a soft split, and I imagined that that was going to be the case anyways. Um, but there are a few talents who I really, honestly think aren't really welcome on Wednesday. I think that CM Punk really isn't going to be, you know, welcome in the locker room on you know, on Wednesdays. I think that Miro really isn't welcome in the locker room on Wednesdays. I think Andrade. There are a few other guys like that who, you know, for whatever reason, you can say it's because they're, you know, maybe they're all can, you know, locker room cancers or. Or maybe we just live in a in a generation where everybody's a gigantic pussy and doesn't know how to work with with one another. Um, but, Brett and <laughs> Brett and Sean were able to work together in 1997. No excuses. For, for years, they were able to work in the same in the same building. They, you know, there was a lot of disrespect back and forth. And I mean, yeah, like you've got a job to do. Go do your job. Shut up. Stop talking to the dirt sheets. But as far as as far as collision goes, again. I'm really excited to see CM Punk because I do think he's a big deal for wrestling fans. I don't think he's a big deal in the way that a Hulk Hogan or The Rock are a big deal. But for professional wrestling fans, I do think that CM Punk is still a pretty big deal. And I think that the best thing that could possibly happen for Saturday night is for TK to just say, you know what, there's too much going on. I need somebody else to handle creative because literally anybody else handling creative for that company, I think will do a better job than what Tony Khan has done. And I know that that's an unpopular opinion with AEW fans and the IWC in general, but I really don't think that Tony Khan is a decent booker. I don't even think he's okay. Thanks guys. (laughs) Uh, yeah. What do you think, Brandon? I mean, um, could we just take the WWE contingent of AEW and stuff them all on Saturday nights? Man, this this whole thing is a, that whole situation is just a complete mess. Like Tony needs to grow a set of balls and be a fucking boss. I'm sorry. You heard that, Tony. He apologized, so it's okay. 
<laughs> um, the Canadian's not sorry, but Brandon's sorry. So, yeah, that's right. We're not going to get the typical Canadian politeness from Chris, which I like. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, we're also not going to get the typical Canadian politeness from people showing up to shows in <laughs> Collision <laughs> on their their opening tour here either. So, um, that was just a weird case of like. Uh, you know, a lot of booking around that time, you know, like you're, you're running a lot of the same towns, uh, very close to each other. So if you're doing a, you know, like Hamilton has low collision ticket sales supposedly. And Chris, you explained why you thought that was, and you talked about Hamilton being a, uh, not here guys, you have to listen to uh, the Wednesday night skirmish to hear these type of things, which you all should on the PWC network, but, Thank you. um, now uh you were explaining how hamilton's a different type of a city yeah. it's like a working man's town and all that stuff so i'm not going to go ahead and repeat everything you said because again i think everyone should go listen to the wednesday night skirmish however um on top of everything you said let's not forget they also have a dynamite in hamilton <laughs> like that they already you know were expecting people to go to and what you just want them to turn around and come to something else like I don't know. You, you got to plan this stuff a little bit better when you're going to, you know, you know, and you got to work this stuff out in advance too. Like one does not simply show up and book a building for an event. Like usually this stuff is done months in advance, sometimes years. So yeah, this, this is ahead. like some, this is like some WCW level incompetence. Like I was actually, I forgot what show I was listening to, but they're talking about how Tony keeps making a lot of the same mistakes WCW does. And this is one of them. Yeah, there's a yep. lot of WCW parallels that you've seen. And since the beginning, really. Not only just, like, not the least of which is just showing up on the same channels that <laughs> yeah. WCW used to. But and then now you've also. have their fourth and fifth hour per week. Like, I mean, what? Right. <laughs> so now we got a. Now we got a Thunder situation. Now we got a. But we, we started out with a, you know, open up the checkbook situation and get all the free agents type thing. You know, and now the, the, you know, these guys don't play well with these other guys. Allegedly, you know, you know, we don't know. We allegedly, only have a little bit allegedly. of evidence. Yeah, but, uh, you know, so now you've got, you're bringing in, um, you're bringing in guys. Guys are, you know, it's, so you, there's a lot of parallels to old WCW that we're seeing here. Um, and that's not necessarily a good thing. Even the collision graphics, like everybody's seen them, like you <laughs> it's that's, just that's the nitro graphic but you right. spelled out collision that's like it's the same yeah. thing yeah which uh, is nice in a way if you're trying to do an homage but i don't think they're trying to do an homage i think it's like they're quietly just doing the stuff that's been done before and yeah no it's not it, it would be one thing if that was like the if that was the graphic on like night one right night one collision you have like an entrance that looks like the wcw nitro entrance right you know i mean that was an iconic entrance way right that was mm -hmm. an actually cool entrance in professional wrestling right if you were to redo that but just make it collision right and then the week after that you start phasing in what you know what the actual you know graphic is what the actual plan is for collision that would be great but no it just seems like they're trying to ape wcw and it's like do you guys forget what happened with WCW? Like, it 
it wasn't even just the business side of it. It creatively went bankrupt before that. You want to know my theory? I think Tony Khan wants to be Eric Bischoff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's there's some parallels there, too, because you had a guy that, you know, uh, just be like, I don't, you know, I don't really know what qualifications Eric Bischoff had to run a company before he got the position. Um <laughs> You know, so there's there's that too. There's that parallel also. It's kind of funny and ironic that these guys are sort of at odds now. You know, but there's, but there's between Tony and Bischoff is is that Bischoff actually was beating McMahon at one point until he got too full of himself and his ego overrode everything. Yes, but again, like it, it's a. Uh, it was like it's the fact that you were successful at one point it was more like in my opinion in spite of yourself rather than because of any necessarily prowess or creative ideas that he had i mean everything eric bischoff got he got from somewhere else he got his he got his big invasion angle from somewhere else he got all his stars from somewhere else and you know and he after that initial uh that initial wave of success, there were no more ideas. And they never were any more ideas. He fucking tried it again when he went to TNA and did aces and eights. It's just, he only has, Eric Bischoff only has the one idea that he stole. He doesn't have any other ideas. So I, I kinda, do think... I kind of wish that Tony Khan would find an idea to steal that would be successful, is, is, my, is my argument there. It's like, okay, Eric Bischoff only had one idea. At least he had one fucking idea. <laughs> Yeah, he he did he he did have one idea. It didn't matter if it was an original idea or not. He did have the idea, and he had the players to pull it off. Um, here, unfortunately, here's, here's a creative here's a creative idea right here. You get Tony Khan, you get the Bucks, you get Omega, you turn all of them heel, and have basically say, "This is our company. We're doing what the fuck we want." Mm, mm. Okay, you could do that. But, I mean, th again, that's just... We're, I think the big problem, the reason why that wouldn't eventually work and the reason why nothing is going to eventually work is because there's just a problem with oversaturation across the board. You're going right. to have, like... If you don't watch AEW at all, you still have way too much wrestling content on your plate true. that you Very would... True. You have available to watch. And... People need like from from the company standpoint, you know, you look at you look at the Warner Brothers side of it, the Warner Brothers Discovery side of it. They need something to show on those primetime hours. It's cheaper to have wrestling on than, you know, anything else than trying to like, you know, produce the budget for like an expense cuz people aren't just going to people aren't going to take a low budget show and accept that now. Every show on TV looks like movies now. So like you need that sort of, you need to spend that sort of money to have that sort of look just to hope that somebody is still watching live cable in 2023 so that they can see all the ads that the, that the, uh, the other companies pay for to have on these channels. That's what you're hoping for. And I just don't see that the wrestling fan that's growing up in these times where they've always had wrestling from anywhere in the world at the click of their fingertips i don't see them sitting down and watching this stuff like on you know uh tnt 
or USA or whatever. They're going to watch it whenever the hell they feel like watching it, if they feel like watching it. And if they miss it, nothing good enough is happening that they need to be seeing it live anyway. So you've got that going against you also. Um, but at, you know, at the end of the day, if you're looking at Warner Brothers, it's they're, they're looking at the programming costs. And if they know that Tony is rich enough to foot the bill for that side of it, and all they got to do is put it on the air, then that's cheaper to them in the long run. So that's a that's an um, that's an advantage uh, that wrestling has as a live sports product. But the difference between the WCW back in the day and this AEW product now is that the Warner Brothers executives are actually doubling down on it by allowing more stuff whereas when the merger happened back then they just said i don't care how successful this shit is get it the hell off of here you know so it it, it was short-sighted to just you know wrestling has a stigma in the entertainment business you know it's like ugh, that get that out of here um it's still like that to a huge degree you know um so the fact that you know the the channel is supporting AEW is a good sign because that was the complete opposite of what happened no no matter how bad the creative was you know toward the end of WCW that's not why they went out of business it wouldn't have mattered how good it was if they wanted it gone if the people from AOL wanted it gone it was going to be gone regardless so that's that's one positive there it was um, still the most successful show on the network it just the people in charge just basically said, no, we don't want it. We don't want it. doesn't matter if it's good. We don't want it. Right. And after watching some of those shows and watching these shows now, I don't blame anybody for saying that, no matter how successful this is. Like, having to sit through some of this stuff. But, you know, most people don't know what's good anyway. So, that's hard. The, the quality is hardly, like, the most important part of it. Um. And, uh, but I feel like, um, yeah, whatever happens with AEW, uh, it's going to be interesting, but they've, they've got to, they've got to succeed because we can't have, you know, the reason we're in this mess in the first place is because there was a monopoly for so long and we can't have that anymore. It's going to get, it's only going to get worse, you know? So, um, but it looks like they're around for a while. We saw an example this week of the show that we're going to be reviewing of exactly how bad things can get when a company mm-hmm. has a monopoly for too long. Yes, this is, uh, it's out of control. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's that. Any other, any other thoughts, anything else you guys want to just throw out there and, 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 and discuss right now? Cause, cause damn it, I'm trying to prolong talking about this. <laughs> Fuck it. Let's get to the. Let's get to it. Let's rip that Band-Aid off. All right. All right. We're doing it. I guess we're doing it. All right. So let's do it, guys. Let's well, talk about it. NXT. Um, for uh, what day is this? June 13th? And, I, and I'm going to go ahead and say something right here. This is actually the very first episode of NXT that I have ever watched. Ever? Ever. 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 Wow. wow. Okay. Um, yeah. So let's let's talk about that. Um, so Chris, you barely get to watch NXT, right? And rightly so. Uh, I think you had to do an episode of, uh, whatever your guys' show is with Jeff one time I remember listening to. And I also remember as I was listening to that show, I was like, 
Um, Jeff is Chris's turn. But anyway, uh, you're going to get plenty of more chances to speak here um, uh, than you did on that one. But I mean, your general impression of NXT can be good, uh, you know, even the little bit that you see it, right? Yeah, I mean, so I watched NXT pretty regularly um, when it was first, like, a big deal. So think back to, like, NXT TakeOver Brooklyn and Brooklyn 2. Like, the, you know, ba- back when Bailey and Sasha Banks were still feuding over the NXT Women's Championship, that era of the NXT. Um, I was watching pretty regularly back then. That shit was I- good. That that, it, good, was, it was not good. It was the best wrestling I've seen, you know, top to bottom in the last 20 years. And I don't mind just saying that's the truth. Yeah. Um, WWE Network launch era NXT. Yes. Yep. It was, it was fantastic professional wrestling. It was really wrestling done right. Um, and I don't know exactly when the worm turned. <laughs> I'll tell you exactly when, if you want to know, but I'll just cut you off right now. It turned exactly the moment they had to go on USA Live for two hours every week is exactly when. Because before that, they would take like three, four weeks at a time and they could edit stuff and they could definitely put a lot more thought into the creativity and take a little more time with it. Uh, That's what ultimately did it. Um, Regardless of the talent, it was... Um, you know, I definitely did not enjoy the undisputed era era as much as the previous era. Um, even though a lot of people did like it, but regardless, it was, it was the moment that they had that they were, you know, again, USA, like, yeah, we'll take another two hours of something, you know, like there's, can we have NXT two hours live? Sure. Fine, if we have to. I'm sure that was not on Hunter's uh, list of things to do to up his production schedule by like 400%, but um, there it was, and it's been bad ever since. It's been unwatchable in recent years. I think that that makes sense. And yeah, I mean, it hasn't been as good. You're right. I think that there was a moment there, I think, right around the time when, yeah, I mean, now that I think about it, right around the time when Adam Cole you know, sort of became the champion, sort of became the the measuring stick, which is a hilarious thing to say about Adam Cole because he's so small. Um, baby. Baby. Um, he kind of looks like a baby. Um, <clears throat> like a real skinny baby. Um, no, he, but, he looks like the dad. He's like the dad whose ass you could kick at a baseball game. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, I think that there was a noticeable like decline in the you know in the product at that point, and then I don't know, maybe maybe around the time Killer Cross started started coming in, and I actually like Cross. I think he's a really talented guy, but right around that era, I just could not watch NXT anymore. It was. It got to the point where it was so bad that, like, I would, I would rather watch NXT than Raw, but not by a lot. We'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Yeah, they still had some good guys, but it just week to week, it just wasn't, you know, a thing. Uh, so, Brandon, you didn't see any of that, as Lab Rat with a hot comment. We were NXT. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, you gotta love Lambert. Um, So you didn't see any of that, really. You probably were hearing about it peripherally here and there, seeing a little bit here and there. But 
you know, it, you know, to, to sort of catch you up on that, it was kind of like the, that early era of NXT when they transitioned out of FCW um, was sort of like um, if Ring of Honor had like that extra coat of production polish. You know, they had the characters that were like the WWE likes, and they also had the solid stuff in the ring because they were had not only the guys they were developing in house, but then they brought in a bunch of 40 year old guys from TNA. So you had like the star qualities of the, you know, the Robert Roods and, and everything like that. Uh, and the, the Samoa Joes and everything you had the international guys, like you were bringing in Oscar and you were bringing in Nakamura. Yeah. yeah. And you were bring you had the, the hot, thing from ring of honor you know like the kevin owens and the Sami Zayn's and like all that stuff so like you had a good mix of everything and it was you know their programs were all set in stone um it was it was really really good and worth going back and watching some of that stuff but you know now what we have is essentially it's like someone left a wrestling ring on the set of hannah montana is what is what this is <laughs> yep and uh, some people don't seem to mind that. Um, but uh, I, for one, don't really get what the audience uh, of this show is supposed to be. It's written seemingly for children, yet there's some stuff that's a little more adult. I, I Not adult enough for the kind of people that are so old that they'd fall asleep watching Law <laughs> & Order before this comes on. Like, <laughs> I assume is what gets most of their... Uh, half a million people every week, um, but uh, it, it, but old enough that they should have grown out of this like middle school level drama uh, that they're presenting us with. So I don't know. What were your overall impressions of this compared to, you know, say an impact, which is kind of just like a impact's like an even lower uh, budget version of what you know the the old NXT we were talking about. Yeah, Impact definitely seems like a lower budget version, but at least there's, uh, what am I trying to say? It doesn't come across like super. The only thing I can compare on Impact to this is like the Death Doll stuff, where it's just like cheesy, bad acting that's directed at kids. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Or kids at heart. Yes. Because <laughs> I don't know any children that are watching Access TV <laughs> or USA. It you know 10 o'clock at night or whatever it is i i just can't imagine um and, and these are the guys these are like what are we talking about here we're talking about Shawn michaels we're talking about terry taylor we're talking about guys that are too old to be doing shit like this or allowing shit like this i i i, I just don't understand but um that calls you know. coming that calls gotta be coming from the old man it has to be because Sean and Terry and all those guys, they're, they're smarter than this. They're better than this. I want to think they're better than this, and they're just trying to police people who are signing their checks. Eh, I think, yeah, I think Vince is done with this. Because they've had a chance to rebrand it and try to wipe away a lot of the stuff that he did. But they haven't really changed the attitude of it. You know, so maybe there have been people installed that just have a certain level. Um, and... There's a couple of things. Well, I'll talk about it when we get to it. But uh, well, and I, you know, the something that you brought up was the the whole idea of it being written for kids. And I've got to say that, like, 
the truth is when I was watching NXT, I, I think that that was a show that kids could really get into. I remember watching, you know, I loved the the program between Bailey and Sasha. And at the time I had two really young little girls and I would sit there with them and watch it with them. And, you know, I mean, my girls are still young. They're, they're six and seven. So, I mean, they were toddlers at the time, but I remember sitting there watching NXT at the time and thinking I could watch this with the girls. Like I could legitimately watch this with the kids because the nothing about that program was sleazy. Nothing about that program at the time was over the top. Nobody was, you know, I didn't see anybody take out a fork and rip somebody's head open or anything. Like it wasn't, it wasn't yeah. the kind of stuff that you can't watch with, with your kids. And now like I just watched it this week and there was a number of things where I thought I wouldn't want my girls looking at this. You know, I just, I wouldn't even want them to see this. And so it's not really written for kids and it's definitely not written for anybody who's an adult wrestling fan. So, I mean, are they actually writing this for tweens? I mean, is that, is that the target demographic? Because I don't think they're reaching tweens with any kind of wrestling program. Again, what tween is watching cable on a weeknight? They're just not. I'm sorry. Unless they're sitting down with their parents, like at dinner or something, you know, then they have to, like, and, and dad just wants to watch NXT out of habit. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I couldn't imagine, you know, like if this show was on YouTube, I could get it. You know, the fact that you're trying to sell this on cable, I don't know. Um, but, you know, let's talk about that for a second, because uh, according to reporting from Showbuzz Daily, um, as well as WrestleNomics, uh, this episode of NXT averaged 581,000 viewers. Ooh. Yes, approximately 205,000 of which were in the key demo. So that would be a 0 0.16 in 18 to 49 which I assume is exactly the age range that would miss this shit completely. <laughs> no. And if they didn't, this was the episode they watched and they will never watch it again. That must be what happens. Every week, 200,000 people tune in to give NXT a try for the first time, like Brandon here, and <laughs> those people never come back. So it's just a brand new 200,000 every single week. <laughs> There's no repeat viewers. <laughs> no ever. repeat viewers. A, a new viewer and an instant non-viewer every single week. Um, they compared this to the Stanley Cup Finals on TNT, uh, which averaged 2.468 million viewers overall um, with a 0.79. So and like, it was a ridiculous blowout that nobody needed to keep watching either. That, 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 that game wound up being a nine to three blowout for the Vegas Golden Knights. So there was nobody watching that enraptured. I can tell you that for sure. Wow. Nine to three. That's more goals than get scored in an entire series sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I mean, and a clinching game that the, I, I I'm happy for the Golden Knights as a team. Obviously I think there's a lot of guys on that team who deserve it and are really, really great hockey players and everything. Um, but as a finals, this was one of the lowest, like one of the least interesting finals I think I've, I've watched in a really long time and maybe the worst clinching game I've ever seen in my life, because when does a team just quit like that when the cups on the line, but 
Apparently, we do that now. Yes, we do that now. But, you know, there was a time when hockey wouldn't even be in the conversation with wrestling, and now it's, you know, it's only got seven times the viewers in the key demo. That's and now you've let the Canadians in. You let... We, that, you, <laughs> damn, dirty Canadians. Um, but, yeah, like... So, so that gives you an idea of like what was kind of going on in sports compared to this last night. And um, there, you can make whatever excuses you want, but it doesn't matter. Five hundred eighty-one thousand—that's like a normal number for NXT on any given week. So, it, it, I really don't care what Stanley Cup games are on. It's it's always this. Yeah. Um, and there's no way that the fluctuations among the ratings can be attributed to any specific thing. You should know that, Chris, because like again, you covering AEW. Yeah, no, you it's, know, it's the like exact same thing oh, this AEW. week's nine hundred thousand. Uh, yeah. what happened? They went up. Like, yeah. who cares? Who cares? They went up Nothing. fifty thousand. It doesn't yeah. fucking matter. Eight hundred and fifty thousand people are watching this. You know, mm-hmm. you know, eight hundred and fifty thousand people are watching this every week. I don't give a shit what they say. Oh, oh, it's because of the. It's because Tony Khan had an announcement. No, it isn't. Nobody's fucking watching because of Tony Khan's announcement. They don't know when he's gonna say it. So nobody's, how would they be watching for that? And nobody's not watching because he's not having an announcement. There are eight hundred and fifty thousand people who really, really, really want to watch this fucking program, and then there's a bunch of people who might turn it on every once in a while, maybe. Thanks, guys. All right, so so Brandon, uh, getting back to you now. This uh, your your first impression of this NXT. Um, you know, overall, like what what were you thinking, like from when you started watching it to how it finished up as a as a show as a program. Oh man, it was head and hands for those of you on audio only. Like. How does this make it to air? How does this make it to air? Good question. Can I? Can like, I? Can I actually? I'm going to use Brandon's own words <laughs> to describe how he felt watching NXT because I have Brandon on my Facebook, and this is an exact <laughs> quote. Do you mind if I quote from your Facebook here, Brandon? Go for it. Okay. This is this is Brandon's quote after watching <laughs> this show. So he says, and I quote. Watched NXT for the first time, and it's making me have to admit and face something, and that's that wrestling really hasn't been able to make me feel anything in a long time. Any new-slash-modern wrestling I watch just feels like it's been oversimplified and watered down and doesn't do anything for me. End quote. That's how most of us feel after watching an episode like this. That's It's not just you, Brandon. <laughs> wow, I mean... I always try to tell people about New Japan, but I just get laughed at and ridiculed, scoffed at and whatever. So, you know, you reap what you all sow. That's all I can I w- say. I that. will say when I've watched some of the New Japan guys like Tanahashi, Kushida, Ishii, guys like that, I believe that if they crossed over and adapted to the American style, they could be huge stars. Yeah, well, they could, but it's uh, that's not what they do here anymore. We, we don't do that. We don't do professional wrestling, guys. That's not a thing. It's not a thing anymore. There are no American companies that do that anymore. You can watch New Japan, and that's all you're going to get. Everybody else is doing sports entertainment, which, again, is the product of a monopoly. 
Uh, you have a monopoly. Anybody that's still trying to struggle to compete in that space is just going to do what number one does. Yep. If AEW uh, suddenly became the number one wrestling company and WWE started falling off, everybody would start bleeding all over the place, and you know there would be, you know, a bunch of matches with stipulations that weren't needed or or asked for, and that's just what everybody would do because that's what AEW does. So. Whatever. And nobody would even worry when the big show turned for his 17,000th time because everybody would be doing it. Yeah. If we even... I, I would I would take a big show. You know? He's just sitting there not being used. Put yeah. big show on television. <laughs> How are you going to put big show on television? I'm like six foot one and I would look like the big show next to half of the roster. I mean, big show on there would literally look like he was wrestling babies it would be embarrassing well they got you know they got a lot of huge guys in AEW. that's the funny rib on the whole thing yeah and so. they and they lose collision could be the huge match. guy show yeah <laughs> they canceled they canceled all the internet shows that paul white was doing commentary on so now is a perfect time to bring him in to announce on collision and then get in the ring and interview everybody great him and mark henry can have at it Yes, they could. You know what? It should. Yes, yes. No further. Uh, no further notes. That is correct. <laughs> just Mark. Hen it should just be the Mark Henry and Big Show show. No, and you know what's frustrating too about that? Like especially about Mark Henry. Mark Henry is actually very entertaining. Like when Mark Henry starts talking about what Mark Henry wants to talk about, he's actually a lot of fun to listen to. He's one of those guys who has a unique insight into professional wrestling because he was so fucking bad at it when he started. And he worked so hard to just get decent at professional wrestling, right? So, I mean, he's a really, really interesting guy to listen to. He is the most ridiculously bland and unbelievable character what he plays when he's on AEW. It's it's sad. Mm -hmm. I hate it. Yeah. Well, looks like there's been enough talk. It's time for the main event review of NXT. Uh, so let's go through this. Um, we're going to get a cold open here. We don't normally get this. A no cold open on a match... It's going to be Schism, okay, versus uh, Ali, who's been demoted, uh, Tyler Bate, who's come over from the UK, and Wesley, who they're trying to make into their sort of workhorse champion with all these defenses of the North American title and, and everything like that. Um, so, yeah, that's a match. We're having it. A six-man match. Uh there is, um, well, I'll let well I'll let Brandon start mm -hmm. with his thoughts on this whole thing, um, because uh, now you guys are going to be lost on a lot of this stuff, and not only is that because you know, despite this show being so mind-numbingly uh, intelligence-insultingly bad, you still need to watch it every week to know what's going on because there's just so much stuff going on that ties in from week to week or that they reference or, or call back to or continue or whatever. So like most people are just going to be like everybody I just said are going to be like who, but um, that's what we're working with here. So I will, if you guys have any questions or need any clarifications throughout this, I mostly 
want to be here for that I, I you guys can handle the review portion the heavy lifting of the reviews and critiques and stuff and i'll be here to sort of facilitate i'll run through i'll pass the ball you know i'll be the point guard in this situation okay and then i'm gonna want you guys to uh get in the paint and jam at home okay so brandon you got the schism all right which is another one another cult in wrestling this is uh we don't have any of these these guys are the only ones no other cults but the schism the rock's daughter's in it um and uh you know against these against these other guys so. that's who i thought it was like wait it's like, that's what i thought so like, wait a minute is that the rock's daughter mm-hmm. yes yeah, sure is yes that's right her name is ava rock and uh she's on the <laughs> she's she's in this cult she the 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 rock doesn't seem to be uh concerned in the slightest that his daughter is in a cult on live television he he's never once mentioned it to my knowledge um maybe he has i don't know maybe he's bought joe gacy a truck or something i don't know i really don't know um if anybody else knows let me know uh but that that's where we're at so here so here's these here's these six strangers having a match what do you make of this oh let me get my notes out yeah why don't you do that i I can i can talk while he's looking at it okay i got it i got it already seeing Already seeing, all right, here's my first note. Already seeing rookie mistakes, like not whipping into the corner from the center of the ring. Little to no character showing, but move after move and spot after spot. If I wasn't watching this for next level, I would have already changed the channel. Uh-huh. I think I only counted one, maybe two pinfall attempts the entire match. And what is the deal with two refs? Yeah, what is the deal with two refs? Because that, that played into the finish where they had a ref, like they had to count to three. A ref, another ref ran in and said, no, that's not the legal man. And then they went into the finish and then the red and the count of the three. Ah, uh, yes. The old, we pay attention to these type of things when it's convenient for our angle. But here's the thing, though. That ref was at ringside the entire time. That was like, huh? Really? I didn't notice. Yeah, like it's because the, the ref ran. Yeah, the second ref slid, slid in from the announcer, announce desk side. Oh, I must have been putting dressing on my salad or something. Uh. Well, I don't know. I, I can't answer that for you. I don't. Th- there hasn't been a. T- oh, maybe because. Yeah, I have no idea. Sorry. Um, yeah, it's like they had two refs out there the entire time. It's like, huh? I don't know. Maybe it was. Mm, I couldn't, couldn't tell you. Sorry. I, I I really can't. I was thinking. Well, did they do a thing with uh, a a disputed finish the week before? They may have, and I just don't remember. Uh, no one could blame me. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, so those, those are some interesting questions that you had. Uh, Chris, did you notice any of these same things that he just. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you notice the, you notice the rookie mistakes right away. I mean, guys not going for pinfalls, not going for submissions, not trying to win a supposed fight. I mean, let's keep in mind at, at the basic, most base, like the simplest way to define professional wrestling is two people pretending to have a fight where you can win by pinning the person's shoulder to the mat for three seconds or making them give up. That sounds dangerously like professional wrestling, Chris. There's no place for that here. (laughs) I mean, that's what it's supposed to be. So if you just look like you're setting up for your next spot, to me, it doesn't look like professional wrestling anymore. It looks like Cirque du Soleil, and we'll talk about Cirque du Soleil later. um, (laughs) Yes, literally. Because there's a literal Cirque du Soleil performer in this show. Um but yeah, this this looked bad, and also, I mean, I, 
at a certain point, I tried to imagine that someone just put the ropes too high because when these guys are running the ropes, it literally looked like Tyler Bates might take his teeth out by running the ropes. Like that's how small all of these guys are. And um, the the big heavier set guy from Schism there, I'm not sure what his name is. Um, Joe Gacy, I imagine. Joe Gacy. Um, I, I kept looking at him thinking, oh, he's got a little bit of size. But then I remembered that, no, he's just got size compared to these fucking people. That guy's like a Kevin Sullivan size, like at best. He is a mm-hmm. very small, fat human being is what he is. Like, <laughs> without the, without, hey, don't, don't sell Kevin Sullivan short. At least he had the upper body development. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes, but I mean, literally. And we used to look at Kev, Kevin Sullivan on TV and be like, Man, is he ever small, right? Like that's a very that's a very very short man, and yet, again, like that guy is so much bigger than everybody else in this match. Um, the Rock's daughter's terrible overselling at the end of the match too. You know, she's going, "That referee is going to pay," and I'm just like, "Oh hey. my god!" Yes, <laughs> is going to pay. We're gonna hear some uh, verbiage. That sounds like I accused this. Sh- I accused the show two weeks ago of being written by an AI, like they're trying it out. <laughs> um, and you're gonna see some things like that. Uh, there's one person, and I don't know if you can tell. There's one person in this entire schmaz that I think actually had a. F- <laughs> I say had had a future in this business um, if they ever wanted to do something with him. But I'll let you guys take your guesses as to who you think that is, because it really could be uh, up in the air. Brandon, who do you think that one person is? I'm going to go with Joe Gacy. Okay, Chris? Uh, Wesley? Wrong. It's neither one of those guys. It's the bald guy. That's it. That's all you would know him as. The the guy that did basically nothing in this... um, that guy has main event heel potential on the level of, but not exactly, but still distinct from, you know, like a Walter or somebody like that, where you have this annoying European uh, that's, he's skilled in the ring. His promos are the kind of heat getting promo that uh, exactly what should get heat now, not just like we're using buzzwords or, or trying to pop the fans or whatever, but like actual heat um, because they hate him and want him to leave. Um, that kind of thing. That guy could have been somebody. I don't think he'll ever get there. I don't think other people see what I see. You would have had to seen him when NXT UK first started to see this. And they had the fans like the, the you know how the fans are in England. Like they, they they have those chants and those songs and that shit they do and whenever he was in the ring they would have they would all start singing if you hate gibson shoes off and like everybody was like holding their shoes in their hands like they had their took their shoe off or whatever so yeah he 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 was a somebody but it, i don't think it's going to happen anymore cuz he's buried in this muck I do remember watching this match and thinking that there's only one guy here who is even a reasonable, who is even a reasonable size for a professional wrestler, and that was random bald guy in the corner. That was- <laughs> I don't even know what his fucking working name is now. It, it used to his name used to be Zach Gibson. I don't know what they call him. It's some stupid shit like Rip Fowler or some. 
something but or jagger reed i know that that those are the working names of those guys in that tag team now that's one of the that's one of the casualties of when vince mcmahon came in and you know ripped everything up while triple h was dying of a heart attack but um <laughs> yeah that's what we get out of that those guys get to keep those names uh but yeah so anyway uh if anyone cares the baby faces did win so yay i don't know anything else to talk about this this opening match no okay all right please no more <laughs> no more all right well how no about no mas. how about how about uh um un poquito mas uh because we got uh earlier in the day thea hale is reviewing tape with the guest lecturers of chase U, drew gulak and charlie dempsey which this is william regal's son that he was so desperate to get back here to help and uh god damn it he needs it um and then uh duke hudson comes in and he leaves a voicemail for andre chase saying things are out of control yes they certainly are uh so now again chris you watching AEW, you see a lot of women who do a lot of ridiculous overacting and um you know they're just way 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 out of control with everything they do anna j springs to mind yeah um now thea hale is like all right what if that but on purpose yeah so i love thea hale she's I, basically honestly, my favorite it was my, my favorite, favorite part of this whole show last night right every single segment that i saw of her i was like this chick has it and i don't just mean she's hot because she's very very attractive too she has something like she has some kind of charisma where it's like i really like this person and i want to see more of her yep. There is definitely something there with her and that group. They just need to be produced and written better. Yeah. I, I did like whatever the big guy's name was with the who's in charge there. I liked him, too, uh, throughout most of the night. I, I kept thinking, um, you know, maybe this, is, <laughs> maybe this is just the accents, but there's something very Wade Barrett about that guy. You know, he's got kind of a cool kind of charisma where it looks like if he's going to be – you know, a face, he could probably pull it off as like, you know, I'm a real good guy and I'm going to come out here and, and you're going to cheer for me because I'm, I'm really, you know, trying to do the right thing. But he looks like he could be the kind of heel that just like, you know, I get all the chicks and you fucking know I do. Like he, he's yes. got, he's got a certain charisma too. But I, I love Thea Hale. Like I, I've never seen her before. Not a single time. I watched this episode and went, that chick's got it. Yeah. That's it. Brandon, you agree, sounds yep. like. Um, that, that was one of the few things I liked. Like, maybe she could tone down the overacting a little bit or make it more like, actually, if, if anything, like, we're, I say crank it up. Yes. If anything, crank it up. But, yeah, if you notice, it's it's little things that you notice her doing, like, she's responding to everything that's happening in the yes. scene. Yes. Yes, exactly. Like it's she, not just that she's full of energy and being ridiculous, but like right, it's when people like, say things, she's like she'll be like mouthing the things like that. This is like what the me, you know, like like that that kind of, and her facial expressions are reacting to everything. So again, she, yeah, she commits but, to the bit and she immerses herself in whatever in the moment. And you can look at her for the entire time she's on the screen, and you can get an idea of what's going on. Even if you're not paying attention to whoever's talking to her, you can tell that you can tell what's happening because of how she's reacting. She has she has very very good like just just 
just some just like I said, it's it. She has it, and she's she's super young. So I hope that they don't completely you know burn that out of her in the next few years. But damn, like every single time she was on screen, I was glued to her, like glued to her. Yes, she has. She right. has a presence. She definitely has a presence. I'm glad you liked it. Uh, so yeah, Labrat saying Thea reminds me of Sherry O'Terry's cheerleader character from SNL. Yeah, like that plus Scrappy Doo basically is the, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, the, exactly. the gist of if you're if if you have no idea what we're talking about, that's basically it. It's Scrappy Doo in that cheerleader body. Um, so yes, yeah, she's funny and great, and like Liz pointed out, she's only like. 19 or something like that 18 19 so she's she just graduated from like they made her graduating from actual high school like a plot point on this fucking show so dude uh, there's why not shoot a vignette of her at a prom and have somebody run in that that's uh, like that's brilliant why not do that it it the, the time has passed she no longer would have a prom now the prom is gone but that would have been a good idea maybe um, just cause we need to film crimes more, you know, you know, all the film crimes we like to have, um, would, would it work if you had the wrestler, like the, that the wrestler who was victimized go on camera and say, I decline to press charges. I will handle this myself. Yes. They just have to do that every single time from now on. <laughs> we'll talk I, about, we'll talk about film crimes later. So I, th- I think the problem with that is like, kind of, it's like they expect the crowd and the audience already kind of have that in the back of their heads where it's like the wrestlers kind of just, they don't want to get the police involved unless it's an absolute have to, they'd rather handle it themselves. At least that's kind of what I, what I think. Yeah. I mean, you got to justify it somehow because it's just yeah. too, uh, it's, it's, it's very problematic and it's, uh, omnipresent. Yeah. It's uh, egregious. It's it, they're doing it over and over and over to me. It's like, it's the same thing as you know. Last week on the skirmish, I'm sure you listened, Vet, because because you're because because you love you love listening. Fa- favorite to me. favorite podcast. <laughs> but uh, but uh, but yeah, I mean, last week on the skirmish, I had I, I I got really angry because there were two segments where they did the finish where it, there was a tag team match, so there were multiple tag team matches, and they did the finish twice where everybody's in the ring and two guys are both hitting their submission at the exact same time and everybody's tapping out. And I was like, why the fuck are you doing that twice in a show? Where is the fucking booker to say, no, you can't fucking do that. Cause they're doing that later. Like it's they, they don't, they don't wrestling know. is complicated. Don't get me wrong. People, you know, I hear wrestling. People say wrestling is not complicated. Wrestling is complicated, but it's not fucking rocket science. Like, there are some pretty simple things that you can that you can say in a booking meeting. No, you can't fucking repeat the finish. <laughs> like that's pretty simple. I, I don't think there's booking meetings. I don't think they have any <sighs> communication. I think they just. I think the agents just have their matches, and I don't think they talk about it enough. You know, I, that's one thing you could give WWE is that doesn't happen very often because, you know, they they probably get together and make sure nobody's doing the same stuff for the same finishes or whatever on the show. I don't know if AW has that. It could be a little too laid back or a little, you know, a little too frenetic back there too, either way to what, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't know why I'm, I'm even here, 
but we're about to do the A show at seven o'clock, and I didn't even know you could do two streams on one stream yard at once. This is fucking awesome. What's up, Chris? What's up? Hey, uh, what's up, Vet? What's up, everybody at Hamid Media? I totally didn't mean to add myself. I don't know how I did that. I, did, I was I trying did to. You did that. Oh, that yeah. was you. I was just trying to private chat you guys. Vet, I apologize. This was not a run in. I was not trying to do this. <laughs> uh, enjoy the show. Next level. Yeah. All right. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> and there we there we have a run in. <laughs> and uh Labrat was not happy about that for the few seconds he was on there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um so there you go. Uh now let's move on to um let's let's not talk about uh, AEW anymore and get Chris's mic peaking again as when he was going off about Sorry. those submissions last week I had to <laughs> I had to take my earbud out but uh, anyway, so Braun, so Braun, uh, Braun Breaker walks, and then actually we. This is a rare thing, you guys. You all know how rare this is on NXT, where we come uh, back from a break and we go right into what we were going to the break with. Usually, there's like ten other things, um, but this time he actually comes out. Uh, the crowd starts singing the Seth Rollins song already. Um, if you guys saw what happened on Monday night, that was one of the worst most you want to talk about egregious you want to use that word egregious the the segment where he and finn balor are in the ring facing off um just the, and the, the crowd f- completely hijacks the show the, the fans singing all this stuff it's just like and and this is why it bothers me because when i hear people talk there's a narrative going around that seth rollins has finally found himself and finally gotten a character and finally gotten over um no no all seth rollins did well i don't even think seth rollins did anything whoever added that that singing voice to his to his uh entrance music or whatever that didn't used to be there uh that's the guy that got the fans just singing his song they don't care anymore about seth rollins all they care about is karaoke night so that that's all it is seth rollins was way more over back in 2016 it's an adam cole entrance Everybody yeah. wants to say Adam Cole and Bebe, and then everybody sits on their fucking hands the rest of the match. Right, and I get it. You know, I get it. You got to have a cool entrance, but don't just don't say this got Seth Rollins over. This is not it. Uh, but anyway, it's it's over enough to the point that they want to sing during this Braun Breaker promo. Um, Ilya Dragunov comes out, ushered out by security. I'm sure you guys were like, "What the hell is that about?" Uh, he got jumped by Braun last week. And left laying, so he just, you know, he decided to come out, you know, with his gear on, basically naked, and try to fight him. And uh, then uh, they were like, no, you can't be naked on TV, and pushed him back. Um, so, basically, this long story... This isn't the Attitude Era, you can't be naked on TV. <laughs> you can't be naked. Uh, uh, you know, long story short, Seth Rollins uh, accepts uh, the challenge via video... I don't even know if this was via satellite. He could have just sent in a video that everyone just had to sit there and watch. <laughs> so there you go. Seth Franklin Rollins makes an appearance and everybody goes wild when he accepts. We're going to have Seth Rollins versus Braun Breaker next week. And don't worry, if you forgot that that's going to happen next week, they'll remind you a couple of more times throughout the Yeah, show. just just a couple. Just a couple. Just a couple. Brandon, are you excited that Seth freaking Rollins is coming to NXT? 
I'll take that as a no. This, that was something that could have been done and built to bring Braun to the main roster. They're not going to do that. No. No. I wonder why he's still here. It may be a, a family issue <laughs> that has nothing to do with him. Uh, I want to yeah. notice, I, I got to say, though, like when he came out and he had that whole, like, gravity that said, I got that dog in me, that, like, that had to be, like, dog face gremlin, right? I would assume so. Something like that, yes. Well, he's meaner than evil. So, as long as you can come up with stuff that you can print on a shirt, I guess you're fine. Uh, he, that's he, all that really matters. He needs better writers. Him and everybody else. Well, Chris, <laughs> you know, this is pretty basic. It's your old, it's your standard old uh, second generation wrestler walks out and gets interrupted twice. And uh, it's very exciting television, is it not? Yeah, it's great. Really wonderful stuff. I'm super happy that I watched it. Um, Seth Rollins is basically and has this is all he's been doing is playing like he's basically playing like if a teenager was told, OK, I want you to, to come up with your own version of the Joker. And that's basically what he's been doing for a really long time now. And it is not any better than most teenagers would come up with if you asked them to come up with their own version of the Joker. He's really, really frustrating and annoying to watch. I cannot stand watching Seth Rollins unless he just shuts up and wrestles. If he just keeps his mouth shut and has a match, good times. Everything else, super bad. Um, Braun Breaker, again, I think he's got something, but I don't think he's the superstar in waiting that people have this tendency to see in him. I think that Braun Breaker is going to be a really, really good intercontinental champion in the future. That's what I think. All right. Um, I will just say to your comment about the Joker that uh, while I agree that uh, this is what Seth Rollins would think uh, that the Joker is, I wouldn't even think that Joaquin Phoenix came <laughs> up with a good version of what the Joker is. So, No. Let's, no. Let's... Mark Hamill was the, was the best Joker. I'll go to my grave with that argument. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, speaking of going to your grave, Dana Brooke gets a package here. And um, uh, this is a unique uh, package where, you know, you're going and looking back on her career and every every single piece of footage that you have, she looks completely different in. So that's a very exciting, <laughs> it's a very exciting showcase. Um, but yeah. Uh, so in case you didn't know who the hell Dana Brooke is, uh, she's back in She's NXT. a bunch of people. <laughs> yeah, she's a bunch of people. Tits and um, biceps. That's right. So, uh, so after this, then we get Mackenzie with Dana. And uh, then Dana Brooks is trying to cut a promo, but her genericness is interrupted by the new generation of genericness, which is Cora Jade. And they say some generic things. So that's going to, I guess they're going to have a match later or something. I don't know. Is that what, is that what happened? Yeah. Seems to be the plan. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, I assume we don't need to elaborate too much on this, but um, we'll have plenty of time to talk about Dana Brooke later. <laughs> All right, uh, so those guys from earlier that won a match talk about a match uh, that could happen later where uh, Ali could be the special ref for this match. 
And you guys are probably like, what the fuck is this? What is happening here? <laughs> well, you see, let me explain this riveting scenario in which uh, Wesley and Tyler Bate were friends. And then one day, um, Tyler Bate says, you know, if it wouldn't be too much trouble, I mean, I wouldn't mind having a shot at the North American Championship and in the spirit of competition. And Wesley got his feelings hurt because he thought, that Tyler Bate was his friend and how could he do this to him? <laughs> it was like the most, like if any, if anybody was, wants to use the word, you know, snowflake to describe somebody that's of weak constitution, this would have to be, you know, the, the most example um, that would make actual snowflakes go, God, man, just lighten up, take it easy. <laughs> just wanted a title shot. You guys are, you guys are in a sport. Uh, so yeah, but eventually they made up and now Ali's like saying, no, you guys need to run it back, which is just <laughs> weird. I don't know why he's here. Uh, other than that, he doesn't deserve to be anywhere else. He, he wasn't, Ali didn't even have an NXT run. That's the funny part about it. It's not like he's coming back like Dana Brooke, like this is some kind of great home homecoming. Ali was basically showed up in the Cruiserweight Classic, was in 205 Live, and then just stayed on raw never really left there was that whole retribution thing we don't want to talk about that <laughs> um but yeah he didn't have like some nxt career so he's just here just because um so that's kind of funny um i don't know are you guys uh excited to see a match between tyler Bate and wesley to see like who's the shortest <laughs> Uh, yeah, this is this is what we used to call a cruiserweight match. Um, yeah, no, I mean, listen, they're going to go out there. They're going to have a really good wrestling match. Both of those guys are, are actually pretty good workers. I mean, Tyler Bate specifically is an actually good professional wrestler. Um, you watch his matches. There's a lot of there's a lot of technical stuff. He does go for pinfalls and submissions often. He is he does try to make it look like he's trying to win a wrestling match. Um, and Wesley has very um, interesting offense. I'll put it that way. Um, some of the things that he does is um, just phenomenal. I mean, athletically, really, really impressive. Um, but what the hell is Ali doing here? Uh, unless, unless it's to turn Bates' heel, you know, that somehow Bates, you know, got in with Ali to help him win the championship or something. I don't really know what else you're going to do in this situation to make Ali being there make any sense. I don't know how you're going to make Tyler Beta heel. He's a big, strong boy. Uh, Brandon, what do you think? Um, does this excite you or no? Are you going to keep watching NXT based on this storyline? No, they're like... like what interest do I have in these guys? Like they've given me nothing to care about them. And how do you like? How do you like the idea of just promoting somebody on a third brand uh, that is just come down from Raw, and you're saying they're going to be a special referee for some match? Like, is that <laughs> like what? Did you guys even get the gimmick of a special referee at this point? You know, that's not enticing in the slightest. Why? Right. Does it, why does there need to be one? Why? I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they thought that the, um, you know, there, there needed to be, uh, the ref, the referees need to learn how to like take care of, you know, their, their hair care products. Like they're not, they're not getting the, the sheen and the, and the body like Ali. So he's going to show them how it's done and how it can flow over those 
uh, zebra stripes? I have no idea. And it's a rhetorical question, really, when Mm -hmm. I'm asking it. But let's talk about something that we might be interested in, because Thea Hale's back. Um, And uh, she's going to uh, take on Cora Jade. It's the generation of Jade, you guys. I don't know if you knew that. Um, uh, Dana Brooke is out here. Dana Brooke's rack is out here. Uh, She ends up shoving Cora into the steps. Uh, after Cora inexplicably tries to kill Thea Hale with a baseball bat, slowly stalking her just so that the referee can grab it out of her hands. And while he's busy putting that uh, away in its normal, safe, stored location, um, you know, Thea gets a double wrist lock, as Luthez would call it, or a Kimura, as some other people would like to call it. Mm-hmm. And uh, Cora has no chance or no choice but to tap out. All right, Brandon. Um, Evaluate these ladies in this match, please. Uh, let me get my notes out. Why are your notes not out all the time? <laughs> all right, let's see. Better when they kept it simple and bad when they went outside their comfort zone. Like when they kept the shit simple, looked good. When they started getting complicated, looked bad. Story of uh, women's wrestling. Yep. And they, I don't think they did enough to really establish who was heel and who was face. And at least the finish played into the pre-tapes they had earlier. But what didn't make sense to me is like, wait a minute. So Cora Jade's the heel, and she's outnumbered three to one and gets jumped to lose the match. Yes. Okay. Well, it's retribution for her being such a bitch. It's okay to to triple-team somebody if they've been a bitch. That's and funny. also, I don't, I, I'll be honest, I don't really get your comment about it. I know it was a heel. Did I mention she slowly stalked her with a baseball bat and tried to kill her in full view of the referee? I think that's the yes. heel. That's, well, I mean, like, it wasn't, like, throughout the match, they didn't do much to establish mm-hmm. that. Like, once it got to that point, it's like, okay, now we're starting to see, like, okay, who's a bad guy, who's a good guy. Right. Mm-hmm. I guess they're counting on this not being your first NXT show is the problem, right? Which they should never do. They should always assume that somebody's watching for the first time. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then, you know, maybe you had the, her interrupting earlier. I don't know. It's Cora Jade is, well, you know, she's trying, I guess. I don't know. So she's, she's doing her best. I don't know who's teaching her. That's the problem, you know. You would think that everybody's getting, like, the proper attention and care that they deserve, but who can really say what goes on at that performance center? Uh, well, Chris, um, you know, I'll turn to you now and uh, ask you the same question. Can you evaluate these ladies? And uh, and uh, you can feel free to put over Thea Hale some more if you want. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Thea Hale, she was good in this match. I mean, she wasn't she she wasn't all over the place. I've definitely seen a number of worse uh, AEW matches between men who have been professional wrestlers for ten years. I mean. Uh, this was fine. I think that they did their best work, though, when they weren't trying to uh, remember what the next spot was. I think that women's wrestling really needs to uh, focus more on working and just working a match um, rather than trying to figure out how to add the spots, um, especially if a spot is the way you're ending the match. If you're ending the match with a big spot where, Oh, there's a bad. And then there's, and then there's a, there's a schmoz. And then there's a, you know, the, the finish get, gets locked in because there was the distraction from the outside, et cetera, et cetera. If you're going to do all that in the end, have a wrestling match before that and stop trying to add spots. That's that, that would be my only advice for these girls. 
Cora Jade seems pretty vanilla, to be honest with you. I don't see a lot of heat on her uh, one way or the other. But, um, but yeah, I mean, and I mean, Dana Brooke is, she's a lost cause at this point. I, I don't, I don't know what to say about Dana Brooke. You've tried enough with Dana Brooke. It's okay to just say, listen, we did everything we could. You're not good at this. Maybe it's telling that she's not even worth releasing. Um, the, the, uh, I guess what you said about working is interesting. It's never going to happen. They don't do stuff like that anymore. There is no work. Uh, they're not allowed to work. They have their camera angles and their time cues and everything that they've got to hit. So they need to script out every little bit of these matches and to the best of their abilities. Anyway, obviously things happen and stuff has to get, you know, done on the fly if somebody does forget or whatever else could happen. Um, so you'd need like, that would be a case where if you had a seasoned ring general, you could, uh, you know, cover those spots, uh, because most of these women aren't seasoned. Like Cora Jade's only been working for like a couple of years, if that. And we just talked about how young Thea Hale is. You're not going to get that from them. So even in the best of circumstances, uh, you're going to have to script out their match. And... I know, but I think the problem with that being the the default for professional wrestling is that we're going to wind up in a situation in 10 years where no one can work. And even at the times when things screw up, because things screw up in professional wrestling, you're not going to, nobody's going to hit a thousand. Nobody's batting a thousand in professional wrestling. There's going to be a screw up. Somebody's going to trip. Somebody's going to fall down, etc. cetera. Uh, if, if every single second of every single match is scripted and is just what's the next spot, we're going to wind up in a situation 10 years from now where every professional wrestling match looks as bad as the next women's match did on this show. Oh, it's not going to take 10 years. We're most of the way there now <laughs> because the people that you think can work are just really, really good at disguising their scripted match. There are very few people that can go out there and call it. Very few. And the, and the ones that are left are the ones that have just been doing scripted matches so long that they just burn sequences into their memory, so they call those on the fly. How many times have you heard, you're a Canadian, how many times have you heard Chris Jericho tell the story of how he had to call that match with Shelton Benjamin on the fly on Taboo Tuesday or whatever because he didn't know who his opponent would be, and so he had to, he talks about that like it was the craziest thing in the fucking world to do. Any I wrestler, didn't. Every wrestler should be able to do that. I yes. didn't learn another way to do it. I couldn't script it a match if I wanted to, and every time I tried to, I would forget. So there's, it can be done. The art can be done. It can be taught. But when you go there, they're just not going to let you do it, unless you're the type of person that has the agency or just the unmitigated gall to just tell them you're going to do the scripted match and then go out there and change it yourself and then come back through the curtain and be like, sorry, I forgot. If you're not going to do that, then it's never going to change. And it's going to be exactly the way you say, because all these guys are just memorizing their matches. I don't know who can work anymore. It's harder to tell. There's some guys that I, th there's some guys that I'm like, I suspect they can, you know, I'm like, hmm, I think you might be able to, none of these women, uh, except maybe one, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, next we're going to review the rules of the heritage cup. 
Um, what's so funny? How dare you scoff at the scoff, laugh at the prestigious Heritage Cup? Heritage is in the name. Oh my God! <laughs> All right, well, say what you want to say then. I mean, just have a fucking cruiserweight division already. Like, stop with the, this. Like, there. I get what they're trying to do, and I I do appreciate that somebody in wrestling is trying to add something new or different to wrestling. I mean, I know this isn't exactly new rules for wrestling, but it's at least novel, right? For most people, you know, for most wrestling fans, this is something that they haven't seen before. You know, people who haven't been following British wrestling their entire lives probably look at this and go, "Oh, that's kind of really interesting and new." Um, or who weren't watching TNA when Billy Corgan was in charge. But, like, listen, like, you want to do something different in professional wrestling? You want to do something that's a little bit different? Fine, just go back to having cruiserweight matches. Like, real cruiserweight matches. You know, just, uh, I don't know. Well, look, but... Chris, I have to stop you right there. Look, this Heritage Cup is not about cruiserweights. This is just so happens that the only people that care about it happen to weigh a certain amount. That's not... Someone could easily... Dabakato could easily come in and win this Heritage Cup. Unless... Well, maybe we, should, maybe we shouldn't say... We shouldn't speak too soon. But, um, yeah. Well, Brandon, what do you think of the Heritage Cup rules? Were you confused just listening to it? Actually, I followed it pretty well. All right. Well, continue then. And I, I like it. I think it having these different like matches with different rules to them. I think it just it adds variety and puts a new like psychology to it and, and just makes things different and stand out. All right. So I now guess, only... I, guess, I guess this is the, the creative wrestler in me. Like I'm like, I'm thinking watching this like, okay, like what kind of stuff could I, if I was in this match, what kind of stuff, different stuff could I do? That's not, couldn't do in a normal match. Right. And and I like that they're doing something different too. But a problem that I that I found right off the bat with this match was, um, okay, both of these guys got pinfall wins, like wins. They they both got pinfalls within five minute time within five minute time limits, right? Yes. When was the last time you saw an actual match in professional wrestling that was less than five minutes? It almost never happens anymore. So right, it it, com- it comes across like they're trying to structured in a way so that you get those falls early it doesn't look it doesn't look natural it looks like they stuck it in there for the purpose of telling the story yeah well, if you would have done this in the attitude era i could have believed it because yes. every fucking match was three and a half minutes long but yeah i mean nowadays in professional wrestling it just looks really bad it's like well these guys suck i guess you have to forgive Chris Ams because he reviews AEW, so he doesn't know that there are matches that do last less than five minutes on other shows, just not those shows. Uh, but yeah, and they well, that's a problem too. And they do that every time there's ever something like a two out of three falls match. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter what company or whatever, you're always going to lose faster than you would have if you had like a normal match, right? But. Number one, um, I will defend the Heritage Cup by saying this. This was a vehicle that was brought in for Noam Dar to continue being an obnoxious douchebag by lording this over everybody and then tipping the scales in his favor whenever the match actually took place to retain the Heritage Cup. The fact that all of a sudden he comes out and he's now injured or something and he can't be in the match and he has like a stand-in must mean that he's like shoot hurt and he they can't do this gimmick anymore because i can't imagine why they would 
take this out of his hands just to give it to a guy that it's not going to matter. The whole idea behind this thing was that he gets to carry this cup around that's as big as he is and talk shit about everybody else and how he's a great Heritage Cup champion. If you take it out of his hands, then there's really no point in having it at all. So that's, again, had you been watching the previous weeks or whatever, you would kind of get that flavor. But now it just looks like another random stipulation or a random title in a business where every single person has a title, it seems like. So I get, you know, your concerns and stuff in, in that aspect of it. Um, but, you know, Brandon's also correct where it's nice to have something a little bit different. Uh, it's just, you know, again, with, with all the stuff... This is really just, it's, it's almost supposed to be like a one person title, you know, like a, like a FTW title almost, except that it is actually recognized as something. So it's like Ravens rules matches. Right. So anyway, yeah. So after we get the rule explanation, the guys walk and then, um, we get everyone in the ring where Noam says he's too hurt and we'll have Oro Mensa defend in his place. Like I was mentioning. So it's Nathan Fraser versus Oro Mensa round one. Fraser gets a schoolboy pin. Round two, Oro gets some kind of kick in the corner after uh, uh, Miss Jackson distracts everybody. A Jackson distraction. That's what it is. That's what it's <laughs> called. She, she calls that the Jackson distraction. And then uh, round three ends on a series of near falls, but no one gets a fall. And then in round four, um, Ulyssa Leon and Valentina Feroz foil the evil plans of Lash Legend and Jakara Jackson. And Fraser wins with a weird Phoenix Splash springboard thing. So there you go. New Heritage Cup champion, uh, that guy, Nathan Fraser. Um, that guy. Yeah, it's, I forgot his name for a second. All right. So, you know, we kind of talked about the whole thing. The match, I just laid out what happened in the match. If you guys had any other comments or critiques or anything on these guys or the people, or even if you just want to say, you know, hey, <laughs> Jakara Jackson, what's up? Uh, whatever you want to say. Uh, uh, Brandon, you first. Got any notes? It just felt like, just watching this match, it felt like an over-the-top parody of like a legitimate athletic competition. Right. Which still, that that would be in keeping with the gimmick that they've been doing. With, with Noam Dar assembling an entire entourage to make sure he keeps this cup. Yes. And if, and if, and if that's like a, his thing, cool. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's de- it definitely is. I mean, you're allowed to have a second... In these matches, but uh, you know a he third took and it. A fourth. Yeah, he took it to a he took it to a great uh, ridiculous degree. So, yeah, Chris, any other final uh, critiques and mentions? Just it's odd that a guy named Mensa would be stupid enough to compete for someone else to keep a championship. That's right. Yeah, it must mean something different where he's from. So next we get a Lyra Valkyria vignette, and. Um, you know, let's talk about the vignette first. It's Lyra Valkyria. Everybody knows Lyra and loves Lyra, so there shouldn't be too much complaints, right, Chris? Sure. Well, yeah. Well, did, I mean, this that. is one of those things that, regardless of what you think of the person, you can't you can't deny that WWE can produce a slick couple minute piece on somebody. They can do that. They can definitely do that part. Yeah, for sure. And her her doing that thing where she where she bounces off the wall with her leg that's i mean it's really really impressive i haven't seen anyone do that since middle school it's, it's really cool to good see. jogging she had good jogging here like there yep. was some you really felt like if she wanted to get up and do a run in the morning she could do it 
Also, the, there's a disconnect here because, and this might be just because, like, I'm a real big fan of history, and also mm-hmm. because I happen to be half German and half Irish. So, like, oh I actually understand like Germanic and Celtic like history and their mythologies. I really don't understand who she's meant to be because she's named Valkyria, but she's talking about the Morgan or Morgana that's going to help her, which is like. I don't understand why you're mixing metaphors. Just stick with one. You can be a really cool Celtic warrior chick if you want. There's there's plenty of room for that. I've never really seen that. Or if you want to be another, you know, Taya Val, you know, Valkyrie, go ahead. But like, pick one. Uh, for me, it was it's just very confused. I don't understand what she's doing. I have no idea where she's from or who she is. To be honest, like she just appears. Uh, in NXT UK years ago, and she's got this gimmick with the feathers and stuff, and I'm like, what country is she from? I, I didn't know, like, you know. And then uh, I never bothered to look it up either. I'm sure a quick Wikipedia search could answer that, but I'm just not doing it. Um, and then uh, she used to be called Aoife Valkyrie, if that helps anything out. I guess that's one of those things where they were like, Ugh, what the hell's an Aoife? Change that. It's like... <laughs> The I O F E spelling, I don't, I don't know, but uh-huh. um, yeah. yeah, so so they change it to this, and um, I actually like her. Uh, she she's good in the ring and stuff, and she's got it. But um, yeah, as far as like the gimmicks, you said, weird. Yeah, the gimmicks weird. I don't, I don't. I'm not sure I understand the gimmick. I'm not sure I need to understand the gimmick. It's good enough just that she comes out and wears feathers. I don't know. What about cool. you, Brandon? This, this, did this do it for you? Not really, no. Oh, 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 Brandon, oh. Um, well, anyway, uh, Reptilian Britt Baker agrees. She scoffs at this in the back, and uh, then uh, the other girls tell her off, and she's like, <laughs> and then uh, Electra Lopez and uh, Lola Vice think that they should stick together. I have no idea who this person was i had to look her up because there's so many random women that are walking around there and i'm just like they expect you to know and i watch this shit every week and i don't like i'm sure i have seen her and i don't know where she's probably in a battle royal somewhere maybe she was on the level up show which is like the developmental for developmental I, I, i she's a cuban fitness model and athlete of some kind that they signed probably in one of their little you know, their little scouting missions or something, but um, but yeah. So this is it's just like, one. This was definitely. This is what. A, this is most of what NXT is like, guys. This is my. <laughs> this is my nightmare every week. This was basically a Johnny Ace segment here. It was. It was a bunch of people who Johnny Ace probably wanted to hire. <laughs> yeah. So. So there's that, and uh, then there's Dabakato. He's uh, going to make his entrance, and we're going to go to break. And then, like I said, we're not going to come back to that. We're going to go to something else. This Again, this is not going to make any sense to you guys. Um, Robert Stone and Von Wagner are talking about his breakthroughs with this therapist, which this has been an ongoing thing where, you know, he talked about having uh, these operations as a as, as like a, a newborn baby, I guess he had his, he had his uh, head operated on. He has a hideous scar and there's a picture of it. And Robert Stone carries this picture around with him and tries to get him to talk about it every fucking week. <laughs> and it's ridiculous. 
Um, but anyway, you know, they, they finally have a breakthrough here in the uh, NXT kitchen. And uh, he tells them that when he's ready to open up about that picture, it will be to Robert Stone, the one person that he does trust. I can't ask you guys to comment too much because this relies heavily on previously, uh, you know, known material. So, you know, if you guys have anything anyway, go ahead. But it felt very much like your happy Pride Month uh, moment of the night. It was. was... Wow. And it wasn't even. It really wasn't. (laughs) I'm not sure I believe you, Vet, but you watch the show and I don't. So. Well, his therapist, uh, he was ready to beat the shit out of whoever his therapist was going to be until it was a hot blonde woman, and then he decided he wanted to take the session. So, oh, okay. I mean, you well, can take I pride mean, in having a therapy session with a hot blonde woman. Good, yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not saying any. I, I don't, I don't think anything bad about it. I, I, I've been saying for probably the last three years now that I really think that there would. That there is a, a missed opportunity for a really cool um, gay character in professional wrestling who is not flamboyant, does not bring it up, does not go over it constantly about how gay they are, and just Tell happens real to be stories. Yeah, about happens being to a be gay person. Yeah, happens to be gay and is awesome at wrestling. Like I really, I'd love to see that, and I just that sort of man. Maybe it's just the way Stone came across in this segment. But something about the way he smiled at the end of it just sort of said happy pride to me. And it was, okay, well. That's yeah, I, I do agree that flamboyant, over-the-top gay character is passe and played out. Like, let's do something that's different and real and people can relate to. Yeah. Yeah. His name is Fred Rosser, and he wrestles in New Japan. Bingo. Uh, there you America, go. So. There, there's the Mr. No dude. Days Off. Dude, that's the yeah. perfect dude you could do a realistic gay storyline with. Well, they don't want to. So, uh, anyway, yes. Robert, This and as far as what you were talking about, Chris, that's just Robert. That's just Robbie E's bad acting, you know? He's never been good at this part. So, in any case, um, next we get Axiom and Scripps versus Dapakato. Uh Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go to Brandon first, if you want to get your notes out. Did you put them away again? Uh you could have gotten to this finish and run in without making Kato look like a bitch that couldn't beat these two smaller guys. Yeah. 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 Um, well, I guess so. No further elaboration. Yeah. Like if this was like a legitimate tag team, I could believe them having a shot at like, you know, them were using their teamwork and their speed and their, and their knowledge to, bring him down and beat him but these are just two dudes thrown together or, or maybe they might be a tag team i don't know but if it's like just two dudes thrown together like why is he not beating the shit out of them they might get some might get a few shots they might do some teamwork but like it, it shouldn't gel to the point where they're got him on the ropes he should be squashing them in like no more than seven minutes uh this requires a lot of explanation too that i just i'm just hitting a wall trying to think <laughs> if i want to tell you guys or not so i'm just gonna pass it to chris and let him uh Take it as is. Um, well, listen, when I don't think that there are many wrestling crowds who are more forgiving than the NXT crowd. I really don't. Um, <laughs> oh, okay, I think is, I see and, where this is going. <laughs> and when the NXT crowd chants, Power Rangers, when you come out, 
it means that you've done something terribly wrong and you need to fix whatever it is yep. that you've done wrong. Um, I mean, you got one dude who came out looking like a fucking Power Ranger. Literally. Literally. Um, you know, the actual word literally. Um, and then for Dabakato, he doesn't seem great, but I actually think that you... that. If he was the same height as Omos, he's a significantly better wrestler than Omos. Yes. I mean, significantly. Like, just in the way he was moving in there tonight, I was like, I think they're pushing the wrong giant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no uh, disagreements there. I uh, don't know what caused his, um, like, his sort of, like, a what do you call it, hiatus? I don't know if they were just trying to wash the Commander Aziz out of our brains or if he was injured in some way, but um, ultimately he had been gone for a while and then he made his comeback. He made it look like he was going to help Apollo Crews, but then he turned on him and then that went, you know, kind of Apollo Crews is back on. Actually, no, he's not. But <laughs> Apollo Crews hasn't been seen since the draft. Um, and then... Uh, yeah, so here, so here he is, and he's involved with these guys. Um, I, I, I struggle to to find the um, the inclination to try to justify any of this, but I will just say that, yeah, Davocato probably the right giant, or have two right giants. You know what? Just have the two giants. Have the two giants beat everybody. How about that? Have the two giants as a tag team. Yes, just. Forget all this Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Just two giants. How about two giants? Sure. Um, but anyway, yeah. So these, so so these two guys beat the shit out of this giant. Okay. And uh, they um, afterwards they they get attacked by Los Lotharios, <laughs> and uh, so now I'm supposed to think that these guys are a credible threat. Um, because they, they you know, beat up like the Power Rangers, they beat up the power. The guys that easily dispatch the seemingly invincible giant, and like you may now, now you would make me believe that either one of these two guys or both of them together have a chance against this Power Ranger team. <laughs> and these guys are obviously incredibly strong. Like if he knocked out, if if Axiom can knock out Dabakato with that golden ratio kick, then I assume he would just. Angel Garza's head would just explode like a like a overripe watermelon if he kicked him with it, right? I mean, yeah, but no, like a we're... Gallagher concert. <laughs> yes. Uh, so yeah, um, the next thing we see is uh, Channing stacks Lorenzo at the the yarn board, trying to put things together. I'm not. I re actually refuse to explain this one. So, if you guys want to just move right past this, we can. Or yeah, yeah. Let's okay, better, better for everything. All right, because we get because next is more Thea Hale. You know. Yeah. So let's, we can let's, get let's back to that. that. Yeah. Um. Well, Duke is very proud of Thea, and uh, you know Tiffany Stratton on the other hand is kind of annoyed by Thea, and uh, then Drew and Charlie want Thea back in the gym training. So. The, everything seems to revolve around Thea Hale in this episode. As it is, should. Yeah, which it, it should. She um, should I be just, the Stone Cold Steve Austin of NXT. Yeah. So. Um, 
yeah, so basically, um, uh, next is um, Malik and Idris. Um, they completely fucked up that finish, which sucks anyway. It was supposed to be a, um, what do you call it? Uh, the old superplex into a, a, a small package thing, and they didn't do it right. Um, Booker makes an announcement about a triple threat. The guys start fighting. Um, Quinn McKay asked those guys that jumped the Power Rangers why they're there. And, you know, because a giant brawl is just a matter of course in wrestling and there's no need to pay attention to it, right? So, um, yeah. Uh, so then you got, um, what do we got? I'm just going to run through the rest of this real quick. Uh, Damon Kemp making his case to the ref. And Eddie Thorpe says he can name whatever match he wants, and he'll he'll beat him that in that match. Um, Roxanne Perez makes her entrance. Uh, Blair Davenport admits to multiple assaults, and she's got the handy footage and the locations and everything. So we've gone a step above filmed crimes, and now we're explaining we're, the we're, crimes. We're, we're laying out the entire confession right there. Like, okay, case right. closed. You're gone. Right. Exactly. Well, nope. Here's yeah. my motive. Yeah, here's here's, my... <laughs> yes here's everything Dude, so like a prosecutor would salivate at that right so it's the it's the uh it's the word um what do you call it it's 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 uh, uh the word of gallus is what's got uh tony d'angelo in jail <laughs> like an anonymous tip or whatever but blair davenport is talking about all these assaults and she's probably just gonna get rewarded with a match against somebody um then we got uh uh where are we at where are we at roxy versus paxim tately um i'm also sure that this finish was supposed to be the pop rocks or the code red for anybody that doesn't know what a pop rocks is um and then roxanne does an angry promo that was written by an ai um bad match really bad wrestling match yeah well that's what you get when you get when you get somebody that's in there with, uh, you know, Roxanne Perez is really good. Um, Paxum Tately's really not. And Roxanne's not old enough or experienced enough to be able to deal with this. Um, you know, but it is what it is. Um, Gigi and Fallon hate Keanu James. Uh, Dragonov and Baron Corbin walk to the ring. Some guys named Lucian Price and Bronco Nima are coming soon. I've never seen these people before in my life. Um, we see Seth Rollins accept the uh, the match for the, about the third time or so on the night. And then we've got, uh, you know, Corbin versus Dragunov in our main event. Um, Baron Corbin wins. And then afterwards, Braun attacks Dragunov and Hayes, Carmelo Hayes attacks Baron Corbin. All right, so Brandon... Um, any thoughts on this final match? It's the first thing kind of resembling a real wrestling match we've seen on the show. It's why is Baron Corbin back in NXT? Like ah, this, he's this, a free agent. <laughs> he's a free agent well, in that, the draft. That, like unless they actually elevate NXT to like officially say, okay, this is our third brand where, you know, this will always come across like the minor leagues and guys going back down always always will not stop feeling like getting sent back down to the minor leagues. They couldn't hack it in the bit majors. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. Well, and the, the fact that they get a half a million 
you know, as an audience and SmackDown gets two and a half million as an audience means that it doesn't matter what WWE says about whether or not they're the third brand. They're always going to feel like that anyway. Uh, yeah, unless they did like a complete overhaul of it and redid it and like represented it as a third brand. I, I really wish that the WWE would, would just run it as WWE, WCW, and NXT. I really, I think that yes. that, that would be great. That would be fantastic because then you could actually just you would stop having to do all of these. How about this? How about this? Because these are three distinctive brands of three distinctive different products: mm-hmm. WWE, WCW, ECW. Works for me. I mean, it just and you can stop doing all of these funny things with names. Where oh, this is the this is the Universal Champion. This is the Universal Heavyweight World yep. Champion. WWE this Champion. Is the, the WWE exactly. WCW Champion. ECW champion. There you go. Real simple. Real simple. And then if you want to go to another level, you can have the like the the big champion who goes across all three brands and challenges everybody. If you if you want to do that. That can be Roman Reigns right now. Fine. Well, that all sounds like a great idea, which means it's never gonna happen. So (laughs) um I'll tell you another thing that's probably never gonna happen again is uh us all doing this show and talking about NXT together. It's probably never going to happen. Uh, and you since don't know that you don't know that, never I really wish, ever. I, I really, really wish Ilya Dragunov would be allowed to take some steroids because he's he's an excellent wrestler. I really, really like what him. Do you, what do you mean allowed? He's on him right now. He needs. You to think be he's on not? More. He needs you to be he... on more. He needs to be bigger than he is. But if he was, if he was a reasonably sized human being with some with the muscle that he has. He, he could be a potential future star. Well, they don't make you taller. But um, in any case, uh, yeah. That's that what I mean. Was... If he had the, you know, the Chris Benoit thickness, you know, where he's oh. just like a little block, right? <laughs> like, he just he's just basically steroids, like, pumped so badly into your body that, like, you swell because of the steroids being injected. That would be, then he could get over. All right. Well, hopefully uh, we got over with you guys today um, as a as a team. And, you know, uh, maybe we'll do it again sometime, but definitely not about NXT. Hey, Chris, mm-hmm. what are you doing on Monday? You might, might as well come in for the Impact Attack mm-hmm. and uh, hang out with us one more time since, you know, you're Canadian and all. Eh? Um, eh? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. yeah. He, he, can impact, he can show up an Impact and get a belt. Yes, exactly. I know uh, I could whoop out Alex Shelley. <laughs> oh, yes, easy, yeah. <laughs> easy, easy. So, um, but yeah, let's get out of here. Uh, Brandon, tell the people where they can find you. Uh, you can always, as always, find me on Twitter at Transarchistia, as well as Twitch at twitch.tv slash yeah slash Miss Tia the Transarchist, and we also have a Substack up, which is at HMG Brandon. And also every Monday right here for the Impact Attack with my good buddy, the vet. That's right, Chris. You can find me uh, on Twitter. I'm at ChrisAms1. You can go there to uh, see all of the things that I have to say about pro wrestling, uh, politics, and whatever the hell else I feel like talking about. You can find me on the PWC Network. Where I do a number of shows, including uh, not exclusively, but definitely the focus, uh, the Wednesday night skirmish, uh, which will be coming to you live tomorrow um, at some point. And uh, you can also find me right here on HMG and channelattitude.com, uh, where we do, um, let's see, Rampage Uncaged and also 
the smack attack, which I, I keep saying we need to do a snack attack one, one of these days and just talk about like all of our favorite foods. Or at the very least, you can just eat while you're reviewing SmackDown. That I'm down for that, too. Yeah. All right. And you guys know where to find me. Add opinion have everywhere. The shows are what they are. You know, Rip Rogers, Stevie Riches, all that stuff. So uh, let's get on out of here and get you guys going. And uh, I don't have a sign-off line, so see you later. And check out the A-Show coming up next. Whoop, whoop.